Welcome, Mr. Carleon Brown. Welcome to Bridge the Gap. My name is Holden Stefan Roy. And basically, this is the show where we take super interesting people such as yourself and we try to walk through the story of your life and extract a little knowledge nuggets. Do you think there's a way you could just tilt the phone down a little bit so that you're a little more in the center? Yeah, that fills it out a lot nicer. Much nicer. We get more of you in the screen. Amazing. Okay, perfect. So, yeah, and in a lot of ways, I'm, like, selfishly interested in talking to what I consider to be, like, the Montreal legends, like, the people who effectively mm-hmm. were the Build same. The game. Yeah, like, I'm here and able to do this because of a lot of people's contributions, but right now, if you try to find out about that part of the world, there's not a lot of information. You have to really dig deep to find scattered freestyles and shit, and so mm-hmm. a lot of my main mission is to, by hearing the story of your lives and other people's lives, kind of piece together the story of, in a sense, Montreal hip-hop. Because I believe you're from Montreal, right? Yeah, I'm born here. I'm born partially raised here. Um, also, I spent my whole childhood going to New York and um, every Christmas and every summer that my mom moved over there. Mm. And then I moved there when I was probably like 15 or something. And I was going back and forth because, you know, I was a mama's boy or whatnot. Uh, then when I became Hold 17... Up. We're going we to go through all of that era of life still because that first question is going to run it right back. But knowing uh, that you're from here is that, super okay. important. No worries, man. You're already perfect. I love the fucking composure and everything. But this first question is a little bit of a story, all right? And when it lands, right, you can answer it, and you'll be able to kind of give the context. Um, so it starts with my girlfriend, and she's washing the dishes. And she's playing on her phone there that Black Eyed Peas song, the... I got a feeling. Ooh. Tonight's gonna be a good night. That's yeah. it. And she's vibing. Is she naked? Is she butt naked or she got clothes on? She got That's clothes on. That's a question you gotta. Okay. But I'm just I like, I like, vibe, I like where you're coming from. Hey, and hey, it's a good hey. recommendation for her. You should consider that for future ones, Bonnie. I do appreciate that idea. Let's try that naked next time. That's all I'm saying. Um, but she's playing the song and she's dancing around and she's doing her thing. And I started thinking about this track in particular. And I'm like, yo. When the fuck did this become dishes music, right? Like that shit you put on when you're doing chores or you're working out or you're doing some shit like that, right? Because like it's the same song. And if you think back 10 years, this song was the shit, man. It was, you were drunk at 2 in the morning. Everybody's dancing, having a great time. Somehow 10 years goes by. The song doesn't change at all. But we have changed enough. We changed. The song is now chores music and all this good stuff. And I was like, yo, that is, that's a big revelation, right? And then mm-hmm. all these little 20-year-olds dancing to the Cardi B's and whatnot have no idea that in their future they shall be doing dishes to this music one day thinking about back in the daytimes. As I asked this question, it evolved a bit and I realized that it's not so much that the songs change, blah, blah, blah. It's that we change and what we once called the club music it will always be dishes music. So a bunch of people's turning up, washing dishes to Cardi B right now and all that. Well, the reason why I believe that happened is because the level of content we had back in the days growing up was much harder. People had to sit back and read a book, educate themselves in mm. order to be able to come out with um some violent for people listen to. Fans knew what they wanted. Nowadays, it's fast food. That's right? fair. So, good time, whatever. The let night's going to be a good let night. Me, let me bring it still, though, because this is that's just more the setup part of it. We're not even at the real question yet. That's just the beginning part of it. Because it got me thinking about just how songs change, right? The world definitely changed. Music definitely changed. 
But what's really crazy is just how everybody I talked to has the same experience. That song changed over 10 years. But then I thought about ourselves and how much we change, as we said a bit before. And I started thinking about how when we all talk about our musical journeys, every interview, every everything, everybody runs it back to being like a teenager. When they fucking get into hip hop or when they start rapping or when they have their first favorite this is or that's. But it's like, yo, if music's always part of the environment and the environment's always changing, then technically the story does not start in this adolescent period. It starts like way beginning of like time since you're born so like yeah exactly like i can remember being like four or five i'm in my apartment in Coast st luke my dad's got these gray boxes the amp the radio the tape deck the wires going everywhere to the fucking speakers he's busting led zeppelin tapes and mc mario at night uh, with the techno musics and fucking my mom's got musicals and discos and just all these sounds and whatnot are playing right all this technology how old are you by the way just just sidebar so i could 33 position myself 33 okay so yeah youngster yeah, a little okay. uh, um, older youngster in the middle, the middle range. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so basically, all of that to say, all these sounds and shit existed. This technology existed. My access to music was shaped entirely by my parents and the media and everything around me when I'm little. And all of that influences me throughout my whole life. And when I ask this question, the real question is, what is it like? When you are the youngest Carly on Brown that you can remember up in Montreal, the youngest ages, what does it sound like to be you? Like, what are your family and the vibes, the environment, the, like the sounds? What's it like to be you before you have any real control over that stuff? Um, it's a long story. Long story short, the first time I put rhymes together, <laughs> no, but I was even four years old. You at four? Four years old. Ironically, I got four daughters, right? And each of my daughters started rapping when they were four years old. So I guess, hey, how, how do you start? Mean at, something. How do you start at four? And that's also it's, incredible. It's rhythm, bro. Rhythm. Ask me. I don't know. I just started rapping. I just started rapping, bro. So I came to me, started spitting it. I don't know if I knew what I was saying. The first time I did an actual show um, in front of a lot of people was my elementary school graduation. And, um,. I performed with my homeboy, and I did this uh, anti-drug track. I, if I remember the lyrics, I think it was um, to be and not to be. That is the question. No demonstration, just hesitation. If you try to diss me, I burn you so much you turn crispy. That's back in the day. We said, ooh, burn. Like, I was fucking 11, 10, son. You know what I mean? That's back in 1980, 1990, I believe. No, it was 91 or some shit, you know? And um, we did the show, me and my boy. And I ended the show by saying, peace for 92. I said, peace for 92, suckers. And I'm Haitian, right? Haitian parents are mad strict. Graduation. My dad was angry. Oh, a nigga wanted to kill me, son. I remember that for my whole life, B. Okay. He was angry. So if I understand correctly, you're four years old and you just start rapping because you're four and it just comes out of you. Is your is your oh. family like musical? Is people playing records all the time? Is that well, my eldest brother, Eddie. He was actually very musical. He went on tour with um, Buju and Patra back in the days. Okay. He had a crew called um, Board Niggas from New York. They were actually pretty big in the early 90s, whatnot. So he influenced me. And when he moved back to New York, back then we didn't have um, BET or really any music stations. So what he used to do, he used to tape, you know, VCR tapes, cassettes and whatnot, and fill them up with rap videos from Yo MTV Rap or whatnot. And I would sit back, and that was my babysitter, son. My parents could do what the fuck they want. I just sat in front of my TV playing those tapes over and over. I probably had 10 tapes. I watched them every day, every night, memorized every song to the point that my dad knew the raps too. 
<laughs> so that was my big influence. You know, my big brother Eddie he was like he was like the player type, right? He had all the shorties, ladies, man. You know, I used to hide in the closet and watch him smash and shit. I wanted to be just like him, so he rapped. I said, you know, I'm gonna be just like him. I'm gonna follow his footsteps. So I kind of like the hood version of Eddie. Yeah, that's incredible. Much. Nobody has ever said one time to me that they hid in a closet and watched someone smash before. Big respect oh, yeah, for the son. honesty. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, yeah, son. I was fucking six years old, six year old pervert and shit. Like, oh shit, he didn't know I was in there. But hey, <laughs> he yeah. didn't mind after he found out. That's amazing, Stills. Yeah. You're, I love the way you just casually interlace the fucking casual and the raunchy. You have a fucking great blend of personality it here, is, man. It is what it is, B. I fucks with it heavy. <laughs> it is what it is, B. I appreciate you. Um, so man, that was sidetracked though. Nah, don't worry. I keep track of everything, dude. We can run sidetracks. We're going to run it back. That's what I got to do. It's my job to keep us focused. And then you can just run any tangent you want, my guy. That's why it gets fun. Because, um, yeah, that's the end of the day. People want to get to know you. Like, who is Carly on Brown? We can't bump the music, but who's the guy? Who's the person? You well, Carly on Brown is a special individual. I mean, we all gods, so I said call myself Nef, the new gods, right? So, hey, the Neff God, that's who I am. But who is the Neff God himself? He's a lot of personalities, you know what I mean? We're we're all very complex, and we all have hidden personalities that we don't show, but I just show all of them at the same time. So I can be happy one second, next second I'm whooping your ass. Hey, what happened? I don't know. You tell me. You must have fucked up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that being said, um, I'm a nice guy. I mean, I can be. But don't fuck with me. I appreciate it. If I don't that. know you, I'm most likely an asshole if I don't know you because you know what they say, no new friends. I don't need no new friends. I don't know you. I don't trust you, right? Um, if I show you love and you shit on me, then you're fucked. Mm. You're going nowhere fast. And don't make me put my paws on you because if I put my paws on you, then you're going to the hospital. That's pretty much it. I get paid for that shit. Fair enough. Protect people or whatnot. So, also... Ladies, man, a married guy. I got four daughters. So what comes around goes around. I used to run around women so much that God said, hey, you like women? Four daughters. <sighs> Watch your ass now, boy. Yep. That's fucking hilarious. Four beautiful daughters, son. Some people are going to get killed. But hey. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Then they all rap, too. So, <laughs> <laughs> Right? They use, they stopped. That's the only one that still raps is my youngest, Jada. She's 10 years old, and she raps she mad cool. She's like, she's the body of me. Mm. She's a little me. So basically you start rapping up for decide you're going to start writing songs because for whatever reason, you got this plug to New York that a lot of people in Montreal don't have. And so you're getting exposed to it. My lot. whole family, yeah. My whole family's there. My whole family's in New York. So almost. Either New York or Miami. But you're like growing up then in like the inception phases of fucking hip hop in New York and having access to it like as it's coming to be. Whereas mm. a lot of people I talk to don't get access to that at that age in their life at that time up in this part of the I'm, world. I mean, I was getting the Big Daddy Kane's, the Eric B, Rock Gims, whereas over here on the TV they were playing Fat Boys mm. or Kid and Play type shit. So we weren't getting the hard stuff. But now, yeah, I had access to it, as I said, because my brother gave me all those tapes. So I could just jam and watch those tapes. I know that um, memories, somebody was listening to one of the tracks on Odyssey beforehand. I was like, he sounds so New York with it. And I'm like, okay, now this makes a lot of sense. You just had that much exposure to it since fucking time. And I'm like, that's yeah. really interesting. Um, 
So you're going through that process. Are you like recording or anything, or is it just like writing raps and spitting them, or how, like how is it? Is At that like, age? Yeah. At you're... that age, no, I was just rapping, bro. We weren't. I mean, the first demo I recorded, I was I wasn't. I must have been in sec, sec two or some shit. Yeah, for real. That's it was my man. It was my man Nine Keeney Mod, and um, back then. We used to have tape decks. For example, you want to do a mixtape, what you had to do, you had to get a tape deck, put two tapes in there, and have all the songs you want on one tape. So you got to play the song, press pause when you're done, press pause and it'll take, change songs, press record on both of them again, or whatnot. So that's how you did mixtapes back then. In order to record, you would do the same process. So you'd put the instrumental in one tape, put a tape in the other one, but you'd rap on the other side of the earphone because it's like an auxiliary plug. So that's how I recorded my first fucking demo. And everybody in high school jammed to that shit, thought it was hot. Sound like garbage, but hey, that's what it is. I mean people still come up to you this day. Yo, let me let me just give you the flowers though, right? Like you gotta like look at it from my perspective. I wasn't no rapping fucking anything at four years old. I don't remember if I did talent show shit at twelve, but it certainly wasn't writing my own fucking songs and banging them out and risking getting in trouble with my dad and shit. You know, like that's some Honestly, it's a pretty badass story, all things considered. And the fact that you were ready to go with your own material at that age, I don't care what anyone says, is fucking impressive. The fact that, what, two years later, three years later, you've reached a point where you're fucking jerry-rigging technology, doing shit that other people aren't figuring yeah. out to record a Yo, demo. Nine told me how to do that shit. Nine showed me how to do that shit because his brother, Hawaiian um, Nook, I don't know if y'all know Hawaii Nuck. He's a French rapper from Montreal. He did. He, he did. He had a lot of fire back in the days. Um, he's like a French mob deep or whatnot. He used to rap in English. Mm. And he used to go to Queensbridge all the time. So he used to rap with these Queensbridge niggas and shit. So he brought me technology. He put me down in the game, and really helped me polish my craft a bit more at that time in my life. But still, you're like what, 14, 15 years old, something like that. Uh, it must have been 14. Yeah, 14, 15. Young, dumb, and full of cum. But yeah, full of cum. <clears throat> I know people that like in the mid 2000s weren't banging out demos at that age, even if they could rap, you know? So like the fact that you were able to be that interested to pursue it at that age and start clocking that experience really adds a lot of credence to like the, you know, when you listen to Odyssey, it has more weight to it. And I think that's, well, I mean, life cool. is what you make it, my dude. I appreciate you. Thank you. But life is always, always going to be what you make it, son. You want to do something, do it. Even if you fucking suck at it, keep on fucking doing it. Jordan sucked. He didn't make his first basketball team. Look at him. Greatest of all fucking time, son. Keep at it. Don't listen to nobody. Do mm. you. You'll open your own doors. If you want it to happen, it's going to happen. As long as you believe in yourself and you know it's going to happen. Now, that's what happens to a lot of people. They believe in themselves, but they have self-doubt. So get the self-doubt out. Keep on practicing. Practice makes perfect. Fuck love. I appreciate your flowers, but I, ain't, I, ain't, I didn't really do the Odyssey for clout. I have two other albums, as I mentioned before. I have a Love Letters I'm doing with the wife. Uh, called Mr. and Mrs. Love Letters, and that's, that's a whole cool. different size. All R and B shit, son. I do R and B too, son. But I was gonna come out. Everybody know Ruckus or Carlyon Brown as being a hard dude. I was gonna come out my first album being R and B. So I'm gonna give y'all something for the streets for the first one. Spread a bit of knowledge. Pardon me, because mm. most people are spreading bullshit. Like, why am I gonna talk about? Oh, good trap, 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 pimp. That's not what I'm gonna teach my kids. So why would I teach that to your kids? Oof, that's a good perspective. 
the, the message got changed because the industry got afraid of what was going on with the message that hip-hop as a rap was doing. It was revolutionizing us. It was bringing us back together the same way they did with the Panthers or they did with, um, with the Muslims or whatnot. And they didn't like it. So what they did is that they started inviting and empowering the wrong folks. For example, who we listen to? Trap music. What the fuck is trap music? Trap rap. You don't even need, you don't even need to know how to fucking speak. Mumble son on a hot beat and you become brain dead. And what are they promoting? Sex, drugs, and fucking violence. What they said rap was about back in the 90s when it was about political awareness. Mm. See? That's so fucking... they've been brainwashing us for all these years. Rappers just talk about sex, drugs, and violence. That's where we weren't. And now, what are we rapping about? Sex, drugs, and violence. Yeah, everybody loves it now because that's what the fuck wanted. They wanted you to tap dance to the fiddle song they want you to play. They don't want you playing your own song to fiddle. What you saying, boy? That's not the song I told you to play. Sorry, my son. Tap dance along now, son. So, that being said, I think we should all, t- if we do have um, the opportunity, or if we do have, um, what should I say, if we have the venue to, to speak or to spread the right message, go ahead and do it, B. I'd rather uplift someone than bring him down. Mm. So, that's why I told everybody, if you rap, talk about some real shit, son. Don't waste anybody's time. Anybody could rap about mumbling trap. Anybody could rap about bitches. But not anybody could rap about making love like me. But hey, that's the you'll see that soon. To be fucking amazing. Was that you then on the Instagram live last night singing? No, that was Avery Soul. Okay. Avery Soul is a new recruit. New Netflix, we here now. That's um, amazing. 4040 Soul. He runs with um, 4040 Music, um, like 4040 Wallace, uh, and Soul's a big thing, man. He's a Montreal Usher. This dude, I mean, God put us, he hollered at me on Instagram on some, yeah, let's link up. And that was God that sent me the best singer in the fucking world to deal with the greatest rapper in the fucking city together. We're going we're gonna to do shit that y'all haven't seen yet. We got a group coming out called Grown and Sexy, B. Because <laughs> we grown them. So I'm dead up. It's called Grown and Sexy. There's going to be some other shit. Like, I'm going to be picking bitches out from the crowd, putting them on stage and He's going to be taking his shirt off, crawling on top of the bitches and shit. Hey, it's going to be wild, son. This is going to be an event. Yo, Ladies I'm, are going to love it. Bro, I'm with Believe it. you me. It's going to be bro, gonna I'm be up. with this. This is the kind of shit I want to see happen. Entertainment, son. What are you doing it for? You're going to stand on stage and, hey, rap. And do 30 songs that motherfuckers don't want to hear. Your whole discography <laughs> that nobody gives a fuck about. No. Fuck <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Am I lying? When you go to these fucking local shows, not even just local shows, local shows anywhere, here in New York, yeah, Miami, no. Connecticut, anywhere you go, you're going to have a whole bunch of fucking no-name dudes doing a hundred songs that you can't sing along to. So what the fuck are you doing? Mm. Yeah, man. I come from years of business, son. Um, we started freestyle competitions in Montreal, me and King, and uh, my boy DJ. We had a company called EMP Higher Entertainments. I took a concert I took from the States. They had the Summer Jam. I brought the summer jam to Montreal back Hold then. The we we're gonna have to we're gonna have to really delve into what you just said. Okay. okay. First of all, what is the company and how does it start? Because like we we're jumping around the timeline, I right, but this okay. is super fucking interesting. So, okay. Well, so then I got moved back in the story. Yeah, let's, let's, let's remind it because we, we got. Oh, y'all still tuned in? Yeah. Giggity, giggity, <laughs> so you're in high. Okay, I'm let's run back guy. to high school then. You're still in high school. Okay. You make so, your first demos. High school. I'm a wild boy trying to be a good boy when my mom was there i was a good boy my mama left i must have been 15 or some shit 
Mm-hmm. I said something. Mom was bored. Then I started hanging out in the streets and trying to be a fucking gangster and shit. My dad had money, but I wanted to be an idiot. I wanted to run around with gangbangers. So I did the wrong choices. Fucked around. Um, last year of high school, almost didn't graduate because I did so much fucked up shit. After school, they're like, nah, but they let me do it and shit. Where'd and you knew how strict my dad was. Pardon me? Where'd you go to high school? Or was it in New York? Royal or? George. No, it was here. It was here. Royal George uh, in Grenfell Park. Mm. Um, so I graduated and I and I sang at the graduation too a song called Shine Like Bo the dope ass R&B song with me and my boy Nael uh, we had a dude named Jules playing the bass guitar we had a piano play it was a great performance son um, then after that I went to Vanier for my first year of college and that's where I met King Legacy the Tyrant but at that time, I had a crew called LP, Lyrical Prophets. It was me, a dude named Alex Vance, and a couple of dudes from the South Shore. Um, King Legacy the Tyrant is Saint-Pierre's cousin. Okay. And they had a group called Comatose. So then we linked up and built a group called Comatose LP. So we brought South Shore, Laval, and Montreal together, and they called us a Montreal super group. I mean, Universal wanted to sign us. Uh, we, got, we were sponsored by Rockaware. We did the. We were on the rock. Uh, we were in the jump. Uh, we had our own hold, jump hold up, up float. Hold, hold up, hold up. You're saying that prior to anybody yeah. knowing about it, a Montreal yeah. super group yeah. was getting poached by yeah, the majors. Big, big yeah, deal. That's there was um, us, and there was another group that was making a lot of fucking noise at the same time as us. Um, I saw a love it back then. I used to hate these motherfuckers. Because they were fucking good and they were competition. So I can't be too friendly with the competition. Fucking my dude BU's group. Mm. I forgot what the group was called. My dude BU's my people. So I love you, fam. But never let, I used to hate you back then because y'all were doing too good. Y'all were too close for comfort. So when is this taking place? In the 90s? This this is 19... I wasn't with Comatose until 1999. Because I, I moved to Florida... In 1997, came back. And then we had beef with Comatose. The summer dudes are doing some fuck shit, yeah, so we you, separated. Were you doing music in Florida at that time? Yeah, I was doing music everywhere I went. What's, what's it like to do music in the late 90s in Florida to be a musician down there? What's, what's that experience like? Like none of us, I promise, from Montreal really have any idea what the Florida late 90s grind is like for a young adult. It's dangerous. It was dangerous. Cause I was a fucking knucklehead mm. and I thought I was invincible. So I did a lot of stupid shit. I could have got me killed, but it didn't cause God needed me here. Mm. Thank you, Lord. So, uh, but coming from Montreal, we have a different identity. Meaning that we know what culture we're from. We know our heritage a little bit more. Um, for example, if you ask me where I'm from, I'm Haitian, right? And both my parents are Haitian or whatnot. But you go down there and you ask somebody, where are you from? Um, I'm American. No, nah, I know, but you look Spanish, son. Where are you from? Uh, Miami. No, but I mean, yeah, okay, I understand that, but where your where your ancestors from? United States. Okay. <laughs> Come yeah. on, son. You fucking Mexican, you Puerto Rican. You know, know where the fuck you from. Know your heritage. If you how you supposed to know where you're gonna go if you don't know where you come from? Mm. Right? That's why they stuck in the States running around the fucking circle. So being that I have more self knowledge and whatnot, I was eating these motherfuckers out there. Because I was a crazy kid from Montreal with more knowledge than the regular motherfucker down there. And I had the hunger, so I was I was killing. I was killing. Killing. I was supposed to get signed by these people that had to hook up with JD. And my godfather, I mean my stepfather, 
So my, my mom's my mom's husband, stepfather, right? Yeah, that's it. He's cool with JD or not. They wanted to fuck with me. But I had a contract of comatose in Montreal. Mm. So I didn't do it. I wanted to come back to Montreal and have the group split up. Fucked up. But that's life, right? That's how the cookie crumbles. But how are you guys... So when, okay, like, I got, geez, you got to understand, like, for me, it's like the music scene of the late 90s. I'm like 10 years old and not cognizant of much outside of Côte Saint-Luc at this point, right? Like, I'm not like, you know, maybe Montreal West and shit. I'm going to wait. No, I'm not even at Wager yet. I'm at Elizabeth Ballantine School in Montreal West, okay? Like, I ain't no shit about shit. You're, meanwhile, literally paving foundations in a music scene. How are y'all like getting... Like, what's the shows like? What's the vibe like? <clears throat> Those were wild. And once again, I'm going to get flowers where they needed. Um, like, back then, son, if you, did you see the show, um, the Wu-Tang show? What's it called? Um, um, what's the shit called again? Fuck. Uh, the Mice and Men one? Like, the, the show show? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the show they have on TV or whatnot. Yeah. The dope-ass show. Yeah. If you see the way that was, it was pretty much like that. It was clicks, bro. We used to run deep. Suppression. We used to oh, be it's American Saga. Rico Blocks is in the crowd. American Saga. Yes, 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 yes. That's what it is. So, um, Suppression's crew. Wild motherfuckers. Haitians, Africans. We used to run around like 30 to 40 people. Right? Just to tell you one memory. Suppression was doing some fundraiser for television. I'm not sure it was a TVI or whatever. On TV, son. And he was saying some shit that they didn't want him to say. So they cut off his mic. You saw 30 motherfuckers get up, rush the stage with chairs. Ah! Throw him. Okay, turn his mic back on. We were wild, son. We Damn. were scary kids. We did not play around. The shit we rap about is real, son. We did some wild things. Walked around with machetes. Uh, I had one of my boys. I'm not going to say his name. We walked around in the bottom in Karcherville. And... Homeboy has a trench coat on. But you was good, son. And dude has a slot off in his pants walking around. That's why they call um, Calciaville Crackville. Because back then, you walked around, you saw crack vials and syringes everywhere. It was wild. Like, having fights with cops. Stabbing motherfuckers in front of cops. Shit was wild back then, son. It was wild. I, and, You know what? I just, okay, like... I think it's worth like mentioning it like that not because i like to glorify shit i want to be the opposite of dj vlad but like for context i come into rap in like 2012 right and i'm on some look man between 2205 and 2012 the cops did a lot to change a lot of things and make it so that people like me didn't know things like that were really happening a lot of areas shifted like dude i live like three blocks from walkley like walkley doesn't look like walkley you know so like a lot of people, especially now, coming into the game, hear a lot of people rap about a lot of things, aren't cognizant of the fact that people of a certain age had a very different reality growing up in Montreal than, let's say, people my age did growing up in Montreal, just on virtue of how much shifted in that world to like the point where Montreal got kind of safe for a lot of people, and they're even unaware of some of the history there. Bro, Montreal was never safe, B. <laughs> Macho, who never been. I think Montreal is one of the most dangerous North American cities. People from Montreal are known every fucking where. Montreal Haitians, Montreal Jamaicans are fucking known everywhere. Because they're wild. Like, Montreal is one of the only metropolises where you could get shot inside of a club downtown 
Like it's nothing, B. Like it's nothing. I live in this front now, son. Last year, motherfucker got popped inside a restaurant. Niggas just walked in. Boom, blew motherfuckers' brain. Well, whole pe- people there having birthday dinners and shit. Grandparents are eating cake and shit. Blood on the cake. Oh. You might not hear about this shit. A lot of shit goes down, B. World gym. Nigga talking shit. They walk up. Bang! Smoking on World Gym. It's a gym, son. Nigga working out. Got smoke. Montreal does not play around, fam. Don't think it's a fucking game. That's why I keep on telling kids. Don't don't enter games that you don't understand. And don't claim to do shit that you never did because you're going to run into motherfuckers that really did it. Then they're going to pull your card. Mm. And you might die. You might die, son. It's not funny. It's not a game. We didn't do it because it was fun. We did it because we had to back then. That's simple. Nowadays, people want to shoot for clout just to have a name. That's fucking stupid. Back then, we fought. If I shot you, it's because you did some fucked up shit, like you raped my kid or some shit. Bang. But if it was beef, we'd come, like, literally, like in the movies. We'd take our baseball bats, our chains, our ice picks, our freaking uh, two-by-fours, bicycles, garbage cans, and we went to the park, literally, like you saw in the movies, and we made a fucking line. My crew on this side, your crew on that side. And whenever you thought you were ready, we'd rush each other. That's how men fight. Those are fucking Titan days, bro. It's easy to shoot. Anybody can shoot somebody, son. It's a cowardly action. Coward. You want to be a fucking man, beat a man down or stab his ass, because that's a crime of passing, son. It takes a man to stab a motherfucker. But don't stab him. No, like, we're not, we're not, no, but, like, we're not approved. We're not promoting any violence. That's not it. Saying. But, like, the context is what you're setting, right? Like, I'm going to say that even like now like you're like montreal is dangerous i'm like i hear you and i believe you i ain't seen it it's like i it's like this invisible other side of the city that like if i hadn't talked to so many people i heard their experiences it would even be challenging to believe it outside of like you know some glamorized things but when you describe it and you actually go read the news stories it kind of is like that which if you really think about it is kind of scary the fact that you haven't seen it is a good thing that means you you lead a good life and keep on leading that love. You don't want to see because it's not fun. Dude. Seeing your friends get shot, not fun, son. See when my boys got smoked. I get off the bus and I see my boy got shot right in front of Maple Court Belt Street, son. Nigga died in my fucking hands, son. Fucked up. Yeah. That's not cool. You don't want to live that shit. You get nah, that shit. Fuck me up, son. Because I told nigga, you're going to be fine. Because, you know, that's like seven, eight years ago. There was a style, for example, if I had a red shirt, there'd be like patches of darker red on it. But if it's a gray shirt, then you patches a darker gray. So he had a gray shirt on, and it was darker patches. And I, I ain't know it was blood. I ain't seen bleeding nowhere. I'm like, yo, you good. You'll be all right, son. You're tough. You gonna make it, son? You gonna make it? Nigga didn't make it, son. I told a nigga he was gonna make it, and nigga died. Fucked up. So it's not a game, B. If you want to go around and fuck with mobsters, no, you might get killed. If you're not into dealing, don't deal. It's not funny to deal. Or if you're going to deal... Don't take money from people. People talk about, I'm going to run away from the plug, and you think it's cool. Run away from the plug, and you run away. Well, your mommy didn't run away. Your kids didn't run away. Your grandma didn't run away. Your cousins didn't. Niggas die for real, son. It's not a fucking game. And these kids want to rap about clout chasing. Don't. Don't do it. Go to fucking school. Become a doctor. Become a lawyer. That's cool, son. Change shit. Take care of your community, man. Raise the fucking community instead of fucking bringing it down. I fucked up. So I don't want you to fuck up. What kind of man would I be if I want you to go through my experiences if I know better? Don't do it. Don't do it. That's simple. I work security. 
and I do bodyguard work. And yeah. and I work in straight up like biker or like criminal biker dangerous bars where people go with straps or whatnot, dangerous people. But once again, real recognized real. All my colleagues have vests. I don't wear vests. Because once again, I'm God's son. So are you. So God needs me, nothing's gonna happen to me. And I don't approach tough people or gangsters a way I don't want to be approached. That's the problem with bikers. The reason why a lot of bouncers get shot or fucking stabbed is because they try to act tough. Hey, what's the way to go? Take on. Nah, son. Show respect. A little bit of respect go a long way. Whereas one act of disrespect can follow you for the rest of your fucking life. So I go to someone and I speak to you calmly. Say, yo, son, think about what the fuck you're doing. You know, the cops are right outside. Do you want to go to jail tonight, son? You got kids? You got a mom that loves you, son? Don't do it. And 90% of the time, they don't do it because people think about it. Because mm. someone came to them and I'm like, I've been it. I've been there. It's not fun. You don't want to do it. And they say, you know what, B? Or sometimes they try to pull out and we fuck them up. Like, it's, it's, it's a wild life, B. So if you could be a doctor and not do security, don't do I like the thrill. I mean, it's kind of riveting at times. I'm kind of wild at times, so. I've I've heard some stories of security and what it can be like, but um, your your whole character is incredible. I really respect you, man. Just that how you can like position yourself to take your life experiences and leverage it in a way that I mean, I happen to admire that shit. I look at it as like I appreciate it. Growing man shit. I don't know how else to growing man shit. I'd like it more if I was a fucking doctor at forty one. But hey, I'm an entertainer, music producer. Yeah, but I would uh, I would creative person. I don't know. You, I'm saying. You I'm like saying. A, if I would, if I would have been like my brother, my brother was a straight hour. I was a black sheep, right? So I fucked around, did drugs and shit, smoked weed, fucked bitches, went wild, drank liquor, got drunk. You know what I mean? My brother did the complete opposite. Nigga's a lawyer now. <laughs> See? I mean, you do good. You follow the straight line. Heard of me? Although I know a lot of lawyers that do drugs and all that. <laughs> right? But at least they did what the fuck they had to do. Before like, they party, you know what I mean? I would argue that listening to your music and even just going through this, like, interview, um, you're more, like, a artist-slash-community leader. Because, like, there's a real value in it. I started talking to politicians in NDG because I was like, well, what happens if I talk to the local politicians? And I realized their hands are mad tied in a way mine are not. There's some power in being exactly. able to speak truth. In a, in a situation like this and hearing your music and the way that you're using your platform and everything, I mean, I'm kind of glad you didn't become a lawyer because while that looks away, this is fucking valuable to a lot of people. Like, I appreciate that. And I'm, I don't bullshit. You can go watch all my interviews I mean, and like that. <laughs> I mean, it'll be appreciated by those who want to fucking hear it. You dig? And we try you know to, I mean? I, we're trying to increase a, that I, level of interest in Montreal. I mean, yes, there's a high level of disinterest, and I can't deny that, but that doesn't mean that the future doesn't have a higher level of interest. And when people do see what Carly on Brown has done, and they do learn his history and his story as time goes on, because, yo, this is just the beginning of stuff. Mm-hmm. More and more people are doing interviews, man. We're going to try to get to documentaries. We're going to try to make this. Like, people yeah, don't bro, I did a documentary back in the fucking early 2000s called Street Life. Say a word. Oh, yeah, bro. I did so much shit. You know, I was my own greatest hater. That's why it goes back to, um, <laughs> I believe my son called, I believe, uh, some of you know, my religion is called New Thought, right? And 
the thought behind it is that since we're all God's children, wouldn't that make us God's too, right? Which mm. means that you can manifest anything that you have the power to think of. As And there's a book called As a Man Thinketh by Neville Goddard. I'll teach you about all that. So you can read it. And it's very intelligent. It's not some hearsay. What he did was take the Bible and he, he depicted it. They're saying every time um, the Bible said God or Jesus, what Jesus did is what you could do. Showing you the power that you have in you. And you could think it's hearsay, but if you think about um, spaceships in the sky now, or the cars we have now, or fuck the fuck the fact that we're doing this, or the fact that someone went to fucking airplanes. When the Wright brothers said, oh, we're going to make an airplane, they said, these motherfuckers are crazy, son. Right. Look at these dumb niggas where they fucked up bird, look like shit. Ha ha ha, laughed their fucking way to the bank. Everybody laughed at them. Nobody wanted to fucking help them out. But you know what? They believed in themselves. They said, no, it's going to work. Yeah. It's going to fucking work. Why when Napoleon said, yo, I'm going to cross that line down there. They said, nigga, you crazy. You're going to fall. It's a straight line. He said, nah, nah, you want to try it? Okay, I'm not going to try it. Finally, he tried it. What happened? He found the rest of the fucking world. So if you believe in yourself, you create what the fuck you want to happen. So life is what you're making. Whatever you can imagine, you can create. Facts. You know what I mean? And I imagine a world where a bunch of people give a shit about Montreal hip-hop that don't live here and they know your name. So fucking that's part of the goals, my guy. I'm telling you. is really what I'm about with this. That's why we're having a conversation. Who knows where it goes? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the beginning. But... The fact that you've done so much shit that nobody, I'm not saying nobody, there are plenty knows of people. About, people, those who know, know. The OGs know. But like, like you said, Justice, Justice is my dude. He knows. But like, if he asks, like, I want to be able to get to a point where you had these young ones coming through and they know because the resources exist to help bridge the gap. Because, like, for me, it's like I understand some of the issues. We are Google generation and just, it's very hard mm-hmm. to Google shit. So what it's easier we... to document shit now than it was back then. Back then, it had to be on a fucking the VHS tape or whatnot, or what do you call it again? What do you call it again? Um, no, many fucking DV tapes, many DV tapes, and then you have to export that shit onto the computer in order to be able to edit it before you could even put it on any other platform. Whereas now, it's on your phone, the bank it's done. Facts. So it's or much easier now to, but. We have no way of easily Googling the vast volume of Montreal music that exists. You don't understand how much I discovered in the last year and a half. I, mean, I talked to Preach and Cobia, and in about mm. two, two hours, he broke down 96 to 99. And I was like, wow, two hours to get through three years? Bro, my mind was blowing at how little I knew, right? Then you talk to a guy like Travis, and he's like, Pfft he exists too and then you start like running through it and you start listening to like shit and you start digging through and then you realize wild, wild boy. Travis is a wild boy son he's a wild card that's what yeah. I call him <laughs> you me. never know what's going to happen with Travis Bryant son nah, is he going to be happy is he going to be angry are you going to die today I don't know Nobody just knows. keep your finger on 911 in case he decides to go crazy yeah that's fair. He uh he and I did some stuff. So like I've I've gotten the pleasure of, of talking to him. I, I love his energy too though, because it's raw oh, yeah. and it's got like here's the thing though. At the end of the day though, like the music is incredible. And that's a part where it's like that. And then you go look at the young ones and I could find you a bunch of little ones that make really incredible music. I could find you people not all over Montreal and all kinds of pockets that make really good music. And I'm like, hold up, how do none of these people know none of these people exist, right? That's the, that's, that's, 
We can fix that. That's fixable. Because you, you spoke about sharing flowers before. People are afraid, A, of competition in the city. They, if you're good, like people shun my shit, son. I'm not even going to front. I know I'm the fucking best people. Who's going to test me? I do the fucking all. It is what it is, man. But they're going to shun me because I don't fucking exist. It is what it is. I ain't fucking. It ain't nothing. Because in the States, they fuck with me. Everywhere else, they fuck with me. It is what it is. But we need to get together. Spread each other's music. Give each other respect. Give each other props. Like I give everybody props. If Novocaine doesn't sound hot, I'm gonna post it. If Sirius doesn't sound hot, I'm gonna post it. If Magnum doesn't sound hot, I'm gonna post the shit. Why? Because we're in a fucking city together. Whether I like you or not, I like your music and I like our city. I love our city. And Montreal doesn't have its own fucking radio station either. Nah, we not don't. really. Quebec has one. Ottawa has one. Um, we don't have one. I think, though, what's cool about the radio thing is you do see this kind of, like, internet wave that's happening where we're kind of jury-rigging the situation. So now there's something like a 514 online mix where it's not, like, full radio yet, but they're breaking in. They're getting shit on the radio, and they're, like, making sure that we can get our presence felt. And then it's the other issue of all of us still kind of growing this network. But what I see is some shit bubbling that is not what it was in 2012 and is actually fucking... We're le- I think honestly, the last year and a half taught a lot of people to get over themselves and talk to each other a little nicer. Because uh, we were alone for all this fucking time. I think 2012 we had a better scene. 2012 in 2001 we had a great scene. Well, 2012 it was, it was a really good scene if you knew if you were you, but if you were me, it's a very different reality at that time. So it's yeah. hard for me to feel exactly. Uh, that's a pay to play. That's when they started the pay to play shit. I caught. I don't fuck with that stuff. To be fair. I got lucky. So I come in and there's no pay to play. I'm getting invited to shit. And then I get invited and then all of a sudden it stops being invites and it starts being pay to play. And I'm like, well, I have a job, right? Like we're going to talk about ROI and stuff. My whole attitude changed real quick. I can't, I can't sell tickets to my colleagues and I'm not young enough at that point to go fucking party. Like, I mean, I'm like, I started rapping for real at 25. So I'm in 2012 at 20. Like I'm already too old for that young man go party game, right? Like nobody wants to come. So I have to beg people to come on a Friday night if I'm lucky and the show starts early enough type shit. So, so I don't promote shit. I'm a horrible promoter, son. Okay. I mean, I come up with great ideas, <clears throat> but I mean, I, I used to be dope when I was a kid. I ain't going front, but now I don't do that shit, son. I'm going knock it out. Hey, I feel like I'm fucking begging this shit, son. Yeah. You want to come, you want to come, babe. And once again, I believe we should get sponsored by mega corporations like get Coca-Cola, yeah, McDonald's to sponsor events. Uh, when we did events, we used to big people come in, like back in the EMP days, once again, people came in, let's say sometimes $2, we had sponsors, B, Triple Five Soul, LRG, who the fuck I needed, I had through an event, I got five, three or five sponsors, DJs were paid, and um, the club was paid for, everybody had clothing, the artists that won the freestyle comps left with money in the bag, because they got the whole fucking doors. So if two hundred people came in at two hundred at two dollars, they live at four four hundred dollars. Three hundred p- people came to live for six hundred. We used to fill up streets, bro. We did um, I believe it was who's the illest number two, and there was a store called what's it called again? Was it City South? Nah, man. It was across the street from H and B on the second floor. Off the hook, I believe. I think it was called Off the Hook. Okay, yeah. I and we did it over there. We did it up to off the hook beat. If I tell you that the lineup to get in there was, you know where Pill Pill is, what the new Pill Pill is on um, Pill? Yeah. From there, 
all the way to St. Catherine Street with Arthur Hooker. So you gotta like, you gotta imagine. For me, it's like this is why it's so important to have this conversation because it starts to set a new threshold for what we should be aiming for, right? Like mm-hmm. I feel like I don't want to have negative shots at anybody, but somewhere along the way, the bar got set real low. For low. What was people got greedy. People got greedy, son. People. Think, no, I mean like. What's the point of eating if you gonna eat alone? You could eat alone, but nigga, you are gonna be lonely ass fat motherfucker. Mm. That's simple. But it's also like it's a not sustainable profit like what really what we should be wanting is in my opinion a lot of people that are not making music to give money to people who make music so that the people who make music can pay for all the shit to make better music but it starts with people who don't make music giving money to people who make music. yeah but like i mean like you gotta make music that's worth investing you have to make music worth investing if you're talking about um i mean who am i to judge who the fuck you want well, you're Carly on Brown, and you were a guy who actually made shows that went around the corner. So maybe we should all shut the fuck up and listen to a guy who has some experience with this shit. But the, the times have changed, B. People had heart before. Nowadays, yo, the lack of discipline. People though. want fast food. We shouldn't. We shouldn't. Uh, nah, Gen Z ain't like that. That's millennials. Millennials are not old, and Gen Z is. A, you can't. We can't uh, assume Gen Z is behaving the same. I know millennials is like that, my guy. But Gen Z like wants soul again, man. Look at their little twenty-year-old artists. They all know how to. Look at a pop smoking shit now. Nah, people are like actually getting somewhere with this shit with this with this new generation. You're actually right. My daughters um, listen to shit. I used to jam to like in 1996. They know all the fucking hits. They listen to Tupac. They listen to Biggie. They listen to old school Wu Tang. Yeah. They listen to SWV. They listen to Aaliyah. They listen to Ashanti. They listen to all that shit, and they love the music. I see because so, yo, what I found, so I, I do this kind of style with a lot of people. And so I start talking to these like 20 year olds and they're like, bro, at 12, I'm on YouTube, like learning everything. So it was like, I'm listening to Tupac, Drake, Lil Wayne and T-Pain all at the same time type things. So it's like, um, I don't know, man. I look at it like a guy like you is probably actually better at tapping into the youth than say like the miss and the current culture. So community building didn't change over the last 3,000 years it's always kind of been like the same shit that worked forever right and you seem to be able to tap into it once upon a time so maybe the technology of flyers and stickers might not be the same but there's definitely a way to tap into the core principles of everything and recreate it in this era like you said it was about the sound of the raps and the reason being is that the reason why they gave us um, some where's my fucking phone there it is Anyways, the phone pocket crack <laughs> is because we can't we can't completely addicted to the phone, which made us colder in general. We don't know how to socialize anymore. We don't know how to have human contact. People would prefer texting than calling. That made us cold. Yeah, right. And if you notice, the old Indians say it takes it takes um a village to raise a child, right? Say again. So what kind of village, it takes a village to raise a child, right? So what kind of village do we have? If everybody's so self-absorbed, I'm so busy taking a selfie. Son, I've seen people getting fucked. I've seen videos of people getting shot. And motherfuckers are filming it instead of helping out. So that's how cold the world became. But I think, we became um... a cold, cold people. We don't care about each other. We just care about what's in front of us or about likes. And that's shallow. I think, though, just to challenge that that um life kind of bounces back and forth and over the last while there are a lot of us that are trying to not do that 
as much. I mean, yes, this is over Zoom, but to me, it's important that it's a conversation of some kind. It is. It is. And I've noticed. I'm not going to hate on technology. But it's like, and I've noticed that all of us have finally started embracing the voice note a little bit more because you can laugh. You can have. You don't have to say mm -hmm. hello. I can be like, bro. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I've noticed I that. Use a voice note. But that's what I mean. But I'm seeing like a lot of us are kind of shifting out of it. I'm even seeing that because of Facebook jail, I'm going to be real. I kind of like Facebook jail. It's made Facebook a little more pleasant. Um, sorry, people who like who get put in Facebook jail. It's just never happened to me. So for me, it's fine. Um, but like in, in general, it's like, yeah, even Facebook's less negative these days. It's like the kids be like not on Facebook, right? They like fuck Facebook. I like Instagram. Yeah. Instagram's got its fakeness. But a lot of people is just kind of like, fuck social media. I'm going to go hang out in parks and smoke weed. And I'm like, wait, what? That's what y'all do? They're like, yeah, we like smoking pot together. And I'm like, I mean, I can't hate on that, right? Like, that's yeah, pretty that's dope. that's what we used to do, bro. So I'm looking at it like millennials painted a really weird picture. But the next generation also saw millennials not succeed very well. And they're like, nah, ain't going to be that cuz. And they're actually not being as what we think. So that makes me feel like you're right about the present, but not right about the future. Well, the future is what we make it. Once again, we can always change. The present is what we made it. Mm. And the past was what it was. Facts. Nevertheless. Let's so, go, so let's go back to, okay, so you come back to Montreal. You do this stuff um, with fucking, what's his name? Shit, Impression Screen. Yeah. Impression, Comatose. Yeah. Okay, going back to that. So we were Comatose, Comatose LP. Super group came back to Montreal. We did the um, jump up and it was called Caravan or whatnot in um, Toronto. I believe the year was 2001. Had my first daughter, new father, and we're about to get signed again. We're doing great things, and on the way back from jump up in the car, we broke up again. Mm. So we decided to go on separate ways, and me and my dude King. Started a company called EMP Higher Entertainment. Every man prevails by Empire. And what we did is I took um, a strictly New York concept that I've seen that worked out. And that's what it, went, it goes back to what I said about the shows you go to and you go and you sit back and you see each performance do 30 songs, son. And by the time a second performance is done, you want to leave the show. So what I said is in order to market an artist properly, in order to sell your music, Less means more, right? If you give me, if I, if you go to my restaurant and you pay five dollars, and I give you three plates, you're not gonna come back. You're gonna take the three plates and you're not gonna give me more money. But if I give you like son this little, you're gonna say, damn, that shit was good. I need another five dollars. So people should use their music the same way, uh, similar to when they what they do on the Tonight Show or on talk shows or Saturday Night Live. What do the artists do? They come and they do their single. They do one song and a half, son. Or sometimes two songs and then get the fuck out. Do your two best songs, leave, and then people are gonna say, Whoa, what's that? Huh? Where could I find that? Bang, you got them. You got them. Okay? Less means more in that fact. The people don't seem to understand. Nevertheless, so we brought showcases to Montreal. We started doing showcases. On top of that, we started doing we did the first freestyle concert in Montreal, as I said, the Who's the Ill's freestyle. Uh, then we gave um since it worked out so well, Malisha he came up to us, oh yeah. Um, let's do something together, whatnot. And we did hip hop freestyle. We created a concept, did the preliminaries for it. What, what is all then this? Since we, okay, okay, we gotta go. Hip hop freestyle. That. So let's go back to the showcases. Hip hop showcases. freestyle was a TV show. First, let's go to the showcases. 
Tell us a bit about those. Then we'll go to the Who's the A-List, and then we'll go to the TV show. Showcases was something else I started to do because I wanted to monetize music or at least pay artists because I believe they they deserved it. Since we had most of the bar, or let's say 30% of the bars that came in, and let's say the door was $5, we took $3 and gave $2 to the artist showcasing. So therefore, he would take care of his own promotion because he wanted to eat. If you brought 30 people, you get 60, 20 people, you get 400. Bang. So he would come and do showcases. We get two, three groups to showcase, do their best songs, so people want to hear more afterwards. That's the whole point of showcasing. Doing six songs is not a showcase. You gave him too much. Because if I love your two first songs and I hate the third one, then you fucked up because I'm not going to buy out. If I love the first song and a half, and I stop in the middle of a fucking second song at the best part, say, boop, we're gone. Peace, bitches. So why do you like, finish the song we got here? Go to Spotify. See how many clicks you'll get that day. Yeah, that's actually That's big why you want to do it. See, that came so here's a dope game. Nobody... You give a nigga a free piece of crack. He smokes the shit. He loves it. Now he wants more. He brings you all his fucking money after because you gave him a free sample. I fucking swear. If I give a nigga no... 300 pieces of crack, is he coming back? He's going to OD or he ain't come back for a fucking month. So then I lost my job. I'm a horrible drug dealer. No, but for real, that is the first really great argument I've heard for how a showcase is supposed to work in a concept, right? Because honestly, it always just felt like I did a Tucson set and nobody wanted to come down for that shit. And that's where I was at when I was presenting showcases. But just to hear the principle of what you're doing with this and like like the, at a conceptual level. That's why we did showcases. Why? Why give more? Why? Are you a famous star? Are your fa- if your fans going to come sing along, if you're a soldier in Quebec, or one of these French motherfuckers, I guess all the fucking props, and you got people that are gonna sing along, go ahead and do it because then the, the, the fans are gonna sing along. But if you're no name, what's the point of doing nine songs? What is it gonna do? You think you're gonna be more known? You think people are gonna like you more? No, they're gonna like you less, B. Because by the ninth song, I fucking hate you. Yo, I appreciate that. Was, that got dark real fast. Didn't nah, but like, <clears throat> here's the thing like, again, like, I don't know why a lot of decisions get made. Or why people do it. So if you're saying you went down and saw this shit, y'all presented this shit, you were able to capitalize on this. I imagine you're selling mixtapes then, it right? Well. And we so now you're flipping tapes, your fucking mixtape, all this shit. And actually, back then I was more in the vibe of giving shit to people. Fuck it, you came here. Here's a new, here's a new fucking suit. I'm gonna throw LG suit inside the crowd. <laughs> Take it, have fun. Free hats. Mm. But give bitches free drinks. Have fun. Come, it's supposed to be. Uh, extravaganza, you're supposed to have fun. You know what I mean? I hear it. At the same time, I was eating a bit. At the same time, as you get to eat a little something, right? You get to feed yourself while you're having fun doing what you like. Pretty much. That's That was the whole point of the showcase. Uh, that worked out very well. Then people started buying it. Then we came out with the free sock comp shit. That worked out too well. And everybody in their fucking mama bit it. <laughs> and that's the problem to see. Okay? All right. If I do some shit, right? I'm not hating let bygones be bygones. That's what it is. But that's the problem. If I start some shit and you like it, instead of coming and giving my flowers and paying homage to what I did, and say, let's do something together and make it build and become bigger, you say, oh, no, I'm going to go and do the same shit in my corner. That's fucking Peckler, Dill Picker number one, right? Fuck. And then you have Dill Bagger number three over there. That's all oh, I like what he's doing, so I'm going to do it in my corner. Now you have 20 motherfuckers doing free stock comps, and all of them are fucking horrible. Because they're not worth it anymore. Whereas when who's the illest was the only one 
everybody wanted to be the fucking illest. When you were the illest in the city, everybody knew it. They said, oh, you know, dialect one, you know, Justice Wonder, who's the illest? Oh, you know, Crackless one. That shit was fuck. It was like watching a WWE about me. Because it was real, back then it was real freestyle too. It wasn't no, I'm going to go home and write for fucking 10 days and come nah. battle you. Nah, nigga, you going to come nah. rap now. Uh, and it was on beats too. You uh, had to do it on the beat. Yo, listen, I've heard people hype this up, right? Like Rico Blocks is here. Rico Blocks definitely remembers his experiences doing this. CL's my boy right now, so I definitely have heard about. Oh, Rico's there. He's with you now. Rico's in the chat right now. He's giving you all the love. He's just fucking loving. What's good, Rico? What's good, Rico? My nigga. So yeah, Rico Blacks be here. Um, me and CL's there talking. I mean, in different shit. So like, yo, people really do remember who's the illest. It is one of the only things that was a pillar of the fuck. And you know why? Because it meant something to become the fucking illest. All your friends came because you said, you know what? But like, I can kill this. But the thing is, I can co-sign that without. I didn't know you did it. To be honest, maybe people said and it didn't connect. It's possible that that happened. Mm. But the fact that multiple people—it wasn't just them. Like it's been a few people that have been. Yo, this was significant. It impacted me. That is like just co-signing what you're saying, right? That was the last one we did. My dude dialect. People hated. I wasn't a judge. I made my friend judges. Bad news. Fucking whoever else was there. For happy, rest in peace, man. Rest in peace. And uh, this motherfucker didn't have rent money. This motherfucker, I don't think he wasted it. He used to sell weed too, son. And he spent this on some bullshit. Didn't have rent money. Talk about, hey, yo, I don't know if I'm gonna pay rent. So I said, no, you better find it. You better win this fucking battle tonight. So he was my roommate at the time. <laughs> and I don't know how he did because Justice was eating this nigga. I, I just remember at the end, it was a battle royale. Justice versus Dialect versus Crack Lip. Son! This shit was wild, and these dudes are freeze off the top. That's Sorry, crazy. my dude, my bad. Off the top of the fucking head, B. On beats that we're putting on, that's real talent, B. Real talent, B. That was wild, and yeah, just when so, you won just, that, just to, just to crack lips is cool, man, Logan. For anybody that doesn't know, yes, tired as fuck, son. Uh, no, no you're crushing this, man. This is. This is very entertaining and one of my favorite interviews. And I'm not, I'm not a bullshitter with that shit. This is great. You have I love your fucking it, personality. Yeah. And you just know the history. Like, yo, we're going to have to have you back multiple mm-hmm. times because the fact is you're just that significant. And again, it's like... Son, I was doing fucking big things. And then I got fucked up and messed around with that white girl and shit. And then well, the PI game and shit. And then my, my priorities got all fucked up. And at the time, I had broken up my baby mama and shit. And then I was going wild. I was doing all kinds of fucked up shit that I shouldn't have been. And then when that happens, when you lose confidence in yourself, when you lose um, determination or focus or vision, you go nowhere fast, son. You know what I mean? That's why you always have to be your biggest believer. Believe in yourself, love yourself, and make shit happen, bro. I used to be my own biggest hate. Like I told you, I have documentaries I come out with. I have numerous amount of albums i just fucking shelf just because like nah shit's whack i say it's garbage but it's a hundred times better than whatever everybody in the city is coming out with i'm like nah it's whack because if it can't compete against the states it's not good enough Oof. i like that i can't i don't want to be good for local i'm not local first and foremost i'm a local like crazy but not local nah son and i'm crazy about music it's fucking passion though so i want to be the fucking best i am the fucking best there is you know, I really appreciate that. And I'm ready to that. fucking prove it. 
I appreciate that a lot. Like I've made sure that behind that suit is it's it's local, but bro, I've never really it, it's never started here. It all started on the internet, fucking trying to attract anybody and everywhere. Because like the truth is, I want fucking complex to hire me and shit. You know, I want no, I mean not complex. Not, you don't want you want complex to hire. You don't say I want complex. I want no. I wanted a better place. I couldn't. I, I couldn't think of a better brand. I was just trying to establish it. I want somebody cooler to hire me. Are you, you know what? If you want something to happen, don't say what I want. Just say, I am. Mm. I am the two most powerful words ever written by man. I fucks with that, yeah. Because if you say the word I am, you will manifest what you say you are. I mean, that was right. a fucking genius. I am whatever they say I am. If I wasn't, why would they say I am? Genius. That's part of new thought, like I was saying before. Religion of gods and shit. Yeah, Manifesting what you want, B. Nah, I hear that heavy. I'm really into that. Manifest it. So if you are, if you want to work for the complex, say I well, am I, working for complex. I, 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 I work for fucking. Not committal on that one because I wasn't National sure. Post. <laughs> but um, I I would, I don't know who I want to work for, but it doesn't want. I want somebody like fucking huge that is not Montreal. Like I'm capable of attracting the attention of anybody sure. in the world, because like. Picture to do it, bro. Picture and do it. There's nothing that's too big. If you want to go fucking butt fuck Egypt or fucking Esco or Igloo or some shit, if you want to go fucking Russia and do a podcast with a fucking Putin and shit, hey, you're going to do it, son. As long as you believe you're going to do it, you're going to do it. Facts. And I, I don't disagree with you. I have really One person who stop you from doing it is you. So if you believe you're going to do it, that's why I said once again, I am, makes your mind work Facts. in order to make it happen. If you say, I want, your brain is going to walk around in a circle. He's going to be confused and shit, right? Mm. He's not going to do what you do. But by saying, I am a genius. or Like, like people thought Kanye was crazy by saying, I am Warhol. I am, what do you say? Versace, I am. He was manifesting who he wanted to be. And what happened Kanye's? He sells a piece of shit shoes for like $5,000, bro. Hobo fucking shoes, son. <laughs> I'm pretty sure somebody took a shit in them. And he's like, here, $1,000. Jay-Z shot in these. And people will buy it. Because you know why? He said he was Warhol. He said he was Versace. He said he was and he became. Mm. It's that simple. You believe in what you want to be, you will become it. But you must believe it. And you can't let anybody else bring you off the track. Because there's a lot of haters, a lot of naysayers. And if you let that affect you, it's going to fuck you up. That's what happened to me. It, it brought down my shine because I heard too much. Nah, you can't do this. And I had great aspirations. You can't do that. How are you going to do that, kid? You can't do this. And then after a while, you said, hey, I can't do that. You're right. And if you can't do it, then you won't do it. If you don't believe you can do it, how can he believe you can do it? Mm. It starts with you. It starts with the man in the fucking mirror. Whatever goes right or whatever goes wrong in your life starts with the man in the fucking mirror. Nobody else. Everything else is circumstantial. Everybody else is just fucking extras in your movie, son. You wrote the movie. You directed this shit. You filmed it. You edited it. You know what I mean? You did the post-production. It's all you, son. So do what the fuck you want. Make your movie happen. Create your movie. Do what you want. Build what you want. Be who you want. And don't let your parents, your teachers, your friends. You know, people tend to tell you, you can't do what they can't do. <laughs> that is biggest facts. Yo, the knowledge so if I'm afraid of heavy. some shit, uh, you can't do that. Why not? Because I can't. Nigga, I ain't you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I ain't you. We're all gods, B. We do what we manifest what we want. We create our own future, son. Yeah, just really. believe it. Believe it, bro. Okay. You're... And the great shit's gonna happen. I love it, man. I like letting you rant. Yo, this is the type of shit you clip and put on a fucking album as like a skit or some shit. I'm not even gonna lie. Not many people so can fun. rant that nice. 
My life is a fucking movie, son. And once you. again, B, I've been drinking a bit and shit. Got a bit of juice in there. A bit of juice. Yo, I haven't slept in a couple of days, son. My back got fucked up. I went to um, Valcarce with the family, son. I'm six foot four, 230 pounds. And Valcarce is a big ass water park in Quebec. And I'm like, oh, a little quick family outing and shit. Beautiful water park and shit. But they have warnings and shit. Certain rides, like, hey, if um, you're too tall, I'm going to go on this one. Or if you weigh over this, don't do this one. Or <laughs> yeah, back problems, don't do this shit. I ignored all these fucking ones because I'm a fucking idiot, right? I'm a fucking macho man. Okay, I'm tough. I'll do it. Well, I tell you, that shit fucked me up, son. They had this one shit called Everest, B. Straight up, son. It must be like 130 feet high, son. And it shoots you straight down. You think you're going to die, son. Almost shat myself. I almost flew out the shit. I came out, uh, hurt myself. But that's not the one that fucking killed me. There's one shit. It's like it had a spiral. It went down a great deep fucking shoot into the big ass spiral, like a big ball that had a hole in the bottom. And it's dropped you inside a hole of seven foot deep of fucking water, son. Right? My wife is like, don't do it. I heard that when I heard some my woman. I'm tough. I'll do it. Should have listened. <laughs> son, that shit made me spin around, son. And that shit fucked me up. Like, oh, oh, I'm just falling and shit. And next thing you know, I'm falling head first. Head first at the speed of light. Straight into seven feet of water. Ah, cracked my neck and shit, son. So, for the past since fucking, since fucking Monday, son, I can't sleep, son. My neck is all fucked up. Neck is all swollen and shit. I got beat up by a water park, son. I'm getting old, son. Got beat up by a But it's not just me. All my daughters were fucked up, too, son. All of them. That shit, it was fun as hell. If you don't mind, mind it shit fucking up your body. You know what I mean? <laughs> So they have this one fucking waterfall, son. You, they have you standing like at a valley, like you fucking in heaven and shit, straight up. You straight up standing right beside God and shit, right? And then Jesus puts you inside a coffin, and you stand there, right? And you, they say, put, cross your arms like this and cross your legs, right? And the bottom opens out of nowhere, son. And you fall to your fucking death. Oh, my God. I ain't fucking joking, son. You fall to your fucking death. And they say you're supposed to stay like this. When you fall, you're deaf. You don't say, oh, ah! Uncross my legs and my arms. Fall straight down. My toes hit the bottom of the shit. Fuck myself up. Once again, you remember the Simpsons episode when Bart is in the fucking water slide? He's, or he's tumbling down the mountain and shit? That was me in the waterfall, son. Ah! Ah! Mama! Mama! Somebody call number one! Daddy! Baby! Help me! I'm tumbling, tumbling, tumbling. Motherfuckers are laughing at me and shit. Almost shat myself. Oh my god. I'm damn sure I fought him. I'm damn sure I fought him, that bitch. It just not like shit after. But hey. Long story short, I fucked myself up. I got fucked up by water slides, son. If you're too big, don't go on water slides. Yeah. Hence, why I'm fucking tired. That is one of the best moments we've had, also. You don't understand, man. Hearing you go on about the realities of following warning signs on water slides. Is a high nigga. You gotta read shit, son. That's it for real, son. That shit ain't there for no reason. You know Yo, what I mean? Like, like the, the home like but... Jabex bottle. Jabex bottle said, "Don't drink the shit, motherfucker. Don't drink the shit, son. They're gonna kill you. They're gonna kill you. They have poison sign on it. That's the skull head. Yeah, that shit means something. Yeah." My bad. Nah, man. The homeboy Ismail in the chat's like, you should become a comedian. And I'm like, you know what? That was one of the funniest shits straight up. Like, if I had paid money to see that for comedy, I feel like my my money was well paid in that moment. (laughs) Son, 
a real story. Me and Paul. Paul. Ah, son. Damn, son. God, my nigga. Um, and that's how much he was my dude, son. When I used to host shows, I'm a fucking ass. I'm a, I'm a biggest asshole you'll meet. So I could be a fun dude, but I'm an asshole. If I find something funny about you, if you try to heckle me during one of my shows, son, I'm hosting. You try to say some slick shit, son. I will heckle. The, me and Paul used to go heckle the fuck out of people, son. Make him leave crying. Leave him. I'm never going to show again, you bastard. Chapelle la police. Fuck out of here. I used to make people fucking cry, son. So comedy, I did. I just stand up a bit, son. I should have maybe. Huh. Maybe I should, son. The Carl Young Brown show. Honestly, called The Naked Hour. Bro, if you went on Mr. Twitch. Brown. If you just went on Twitch, my guy. Just like this. Without okay, the hell, Judge. I'm a game, bitch. No, but if you just went on Twitch and just ranted, my guy. Just just this. Just told your stories. My word, you'd have an audience. I tell this to, like, everyone. Because I'm not lying. But, yo, you're fucking, like, you would have an audience. Mix it up. Play some music. Play whatever. Tell your story. Bro, right? that's what people like. This shit's entertaining. Yo, we're still Tell stories about bitches and shit, son. Stories about bitches. I got a lot of stories about bitches, son. I was a dirty, I was a dirty motherfucker growing up, son. A dirty, dirty little bastard, son. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Tell your mama, tell your grandmama. Mm-hmm. To roll over and grade. Because I'll make her a slave. Son, I was a dirty motherfucker. I was fly. I was fly, smooth, operating. I was like the Muhammad Ali of pimping, son. <clears throat> Float like a butterfly, stung like a bee. After one night, the bitch wanted to stay with me. God damn it. <laughs> Fucking around. Keep it moving. Fair enough. So, <laughs> how'd you get into a documentary? Because that's fucking also pretty fucking incredible. Also, I heard my girlfriend, Anne Golden Jenny from, from Norway, fucking laughed at that last one. It's crazy, man. People are really enjoying it. Can't her. find my fucking lighter, son. Wait a second. Fuck's my... Hey, son. You got my lighter, son? Maybe. Where'd you put my lighter, son? Let me get this shit back. It was brand new, goddammit. I just bought the shit. I had spent $2 on it. Two dollars and fifty cents, son. My last two dollars. Oh, I just found it. Okay, good. It wasn't you, son. My bad. Bruh, I empathize heavy. There's nothing worse than losing that later you just bought. <laughs> yeah, son. Two dollars and fifty cents, son. I'm gonna bring cans back and shit. Man, that's when I get creative and figure out ways to light weed. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm talking shit. My bad. I'm a hot son. My, what the fuck were we talking about, son? No, what yeah, you great. You're doing great. This is entertaining. Everybody we're saying some shit, son. I, I want to go back to shit, how bro. did you get into a documentary? Because, yo, how many Oh, people... yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I went to film school. I'm a film student. Some Same people do. Word. Some people don't. Some people don't. Yeah, that's where I graduated. I mean, um, at O'Sullivan. And um, I had access to the cameras. Actually, before going to O'Sullivan, I had to give a big shout out to Baptizer. Uh, action man, all the people from PYO and shit, man. Um, back in the days, there was a place called PYO in um, Park X, right? And it was a Park X youth organization. So, what we did back then is I was like a social worker with now, so we took kids out uh, trouble like gangster kids. I would go around selling crack and killing people. Usually, we gave them something to fucking do. So, listen, son, instead of fucking killing people, bro, hey, why not, why not just rap about it? <laughs> you know, you're ready, kind of case, bro, just hey, write a song about it. <laughs> it's, hey, that's a good idea. So he went to write a song by Cashman Case. It's like, oh, you wrote the song? Hey, buddy, hey, how about you go record the song? We have a studio for you. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? <clears throat> so he goes to record the song in the studio. I like doing this. Hey, bro, how about you go on stage and practice how to do it? A word? Hey, yo, how about you do a video after? Whoa, now I just gave this motherfucker purpose, son. Slickly. 
I did it slickly, so I, I fucking brainwashed this nigga getting off the fucking streets and making something out of himself. What if I tell him to get off the street and making something out of himself? Because I said, get off the street, son. Stop selling crap. Stop gangbanging. Fuck out of here, son. You ain't my daddy. So you and I gave at, him something to do. So you worked at that youth center. Because that shit's come up a few times. Also, as a really pivotal place that impacted a lot of people. Oh, yeah. I worked out there. So, so um... Wait, so what the fuck were we talking about, V? The youth yeah, center in Park about... X, the PYO, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, so then we... Then, um... And the same time, what they did, they took a couple... I guess, troubled adults or whatnot and made us social workers and counselors because we came from the streets. So since we came from the streets and we live fucked up shit, I could go talk to a motherfucker that wants to kill you and say, hey, don't do it. I've been there, da 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 Other than the fucking Jean-Jacques that never done shit and go, hey, get over there. Jean-Jacques, you're going to get angry, but you're going to listen to me because you know I got experience. So by doing so, we got a lot of kids off the streets and then um, they taught us how to film videos, bro. And how to edit and how to make beats, bro. So they taught me how to use Fruity, Fruity Loops and how to use Cubase a bit and how to use um, uh, Final Cut. So then I had a passion on that shit after we were done work, after working for them for a year or whatnot. So then I went to Old Sullivan and got my fucking degree and shit. And then I did no, my can internship. Can we just pause for a second before we move on? You just said something mm-hmm. huge, right? <clears throat> something I discovered is that by talking to young people, I'm way better at what I do now. Because they can inspire me on some young people shit that I'm not really up to date on. And um, what you just said is you were able to provide a service of wisdom and experience and guidance to these young people. And in exchange, they were like getting your skill game on and teaching you how to kind of become modern, relevant, and agile in a new world. Well, you are who you say you are, right? If you believe in something, you'll do it great. But it's more the reciprocal exchange of being a mentor. And that's something I feel like not a lot of people pursue, but I found a lot of value in it in my life is being a mentor to people. Like it helps you a lot in a lot of ways. People stop mentoring because people don't give a fuck no more. That goes back when we were talking about, I went on track when we were talking about uh, social media. This fucking telephone made us stop caring. So if I don't give a fuck, if I just want to see my next funny rabbit YouTube video of fucking uh, two dogs helping each other, or donkeys having an orgy, or whatever it is people look up on YouTube. That's not what I look for, guys. That's you. Y'all weird. Y'all funny motherfuckers. I don't even know man. motherfuckers. Look, them donkeys having an orgy. I mean, like, when you say it, I'm like, yeah, it's there. I know there'll be somebody out there. It's like, that's me he's talking about. what people watch on YouTube? viral. What happened? So if you want to go watch on YouTube, just look viral. viral. I mean, my whole point was, instead of giving the fuck about YouTube, we should give a fuck about each other. Spend more time teaching the kid in the fucking street. Stop it. You know, that's why we're... When we fucked up back in the days, B, if I was doing something stupid, a random black lady would come, pow, snack me. Stop it. Oh, okay, okay. They used to be able to beat kids back then in school, too, like with rules and shit. So times have changed. But nevertheless, it goes back to the whole neighborhood or the community raises a child. Nobody's raising children anymore. Parents ain't raising children. YouTubers are fucking TikTok. Yeah, parents got beat by their kids, like he said. Fuck you, mom. Go cook a steak. Oh shit! I've seen I've seen somebody do that shit, son. I seen him do do that do that shit. A white dude I knew, son. So we playing basketball, kicking it, and the dad's the nicest dude ever, son. He's like um, Ned Flanders. He looks exactly like Ned Flanders. Hey guys, how you doing, guys? Uh, you, you guys, uh, you guys hungry, guys? You guys want me to to make some barbecue? He said, shut up, John. Go cook some fucking steak. And nigga said, okay, Derek. 
What? I went home and tried that shit with my pops, son. Well, I had some friends over. And I was playing, sorry, I was playing um Nintendo or some shit. And then my dad said, oh, come do something. Hey, so I'm actually occupied. My dad will whoop my ass in front of my friend. I said, oops. Difference between black parents and white parents. <laughs> my dad did not play, son. So that goes back. We have to raise our children. So nowadays people don't care. If I don't care about anybody else but myself. If I'm self-centered, I'm not going to care about what's going on with you. So we need to take more time, take more time off our phones and make, take more time to look into each other's eyes and listen to each other speak or, you know what I mean? Have actual human contact with people. Care about the homeless people. I listen to homeless people talk. Let's see what. Let's see what. Some of these motherfuckers say some wise shit. Some crazy shit. Oh, damn. This nigga just say that? I met a homeless dude that works for fucking NASA. And he told me his fucking story. But you have to listen. You can't judge a motherfucking book by his cover. You don't know what you're seeing. And what happened to this dude, he was out there. His wife got sick. Ended up spending all his fucking savings on his wife's fucking medical bill. She ended up dying. He lost everything. Made his way to Montreal on a bus. Ended up living in the fucking street. Going from working for NASA, being fucking signed to the bum on the street. That's fucked up. Life happens. Well, take the time to listen, dude. This dude has such wild shit to tell me. And I was like, wow, dude. I mean, if my nose was in block, I wouldn't stop. Because you smell like shit, son. But you <laughs> deep stink, dude. Hobo nigga, you a deep motherfucker, son. You a deep motherfucker, hobo. But yeah, this dude mad cool, son. You never know who's gonna teach you something. Five acts. I mean, each one teach one, B. But you can learn from the fucking newborn baby, son. That's why I'm glad to like see in this like era so much English Montreal media popping up where people are talking to each other, and that is something that is is kind of bubbling a bit. Um, lots of yeah. People I ain't talking about there. media. I'm talking about talking to the face to face. God damn it, no, but, face to face. But still, like it's like. The fact that there's this emphasis on conversation, even yeah. if it can't, because, you know, like, whatever, people are out with it. The fact that it's, like, more than just, yo, I dropped a song. Nah, it's like, now you got to drop a song and then be able to go present yourself into the world and, and be somebody. Yeah. And I think that that's going to have a very positive impact. Like, yo, I go to parks right now, my guy, and it's lit. Yo, it's lit to go to a park. Oh, yeah. It's oh, one yeah. of the funnest, right? And it's not just me. It's people of all ages and shit. People sometimes might be on their phone and whatnot. But nah, it's like... it's Because like, we just hit a reset, bro. Life just hit a reset. And I'm like... We're back. We're free. It's like, yo, wait a second. Why do I want to go outside and socialize in ways I haven't... You know, like... And I think a lot of people might actually not repeat the same errors that were just done for the last decade with regards to technological detachment. Yeah, a lot of people are gonna repeat the mistakes, but we're gonna uh, <clears throat> we're gonna start to see pockets of change. Some people are about to start putting memory cards in the assholes and shit, booster packs. Oops! Oh, I can fly now. Poof. Bro, if I could stick a memory card in my asshole and fly, I'm sticking uh, a memory uh, card uh, in my asshole and I'm flying. Bro, I can fly. I'm trying to fly, son. I ain't fuck. Gay. Are you saying I can fly, bro? Done. It's what it is. But like, oh, man. it's not like going out of my way to do it. But like, talking about that, you can read that shit up. Like genetic mutation. Uh, was that shit you told me the other day, son? Oh, they're trying to do the human body and shit. All the experimentation they're trying to do uh, with humans and um, cyber cybernetic or. Oh yeah, they're doing oh, some serious yeah. shit. Well, right now Elon Musk is figuring out how to implant chips inside the brain so you can 
talk to what you can telepathically. You hear that? But yeah, I heard that. Besides that, there's also trying to get like a processor for the brain so that it can, because the brain is faster than the computer. It's just that it can only process a certain amount of stuff in at the same time. So once you can equal the processing power, it'll surpass the computer by far. It's like quantum of brain. Mm -hmm. You have like multiple things at the same time everywhere, like simultaneously. Yeah. So yeah, they're basically trying to figure out how to make, instead of making robots that think like, like humans in the past. Make humans think like robots? So that if ever there is some kind of like AI crazy hype, well, humans can basically catch up and be able to sit Nigga, you will be the crazy fucking robot at that point. I mean, like, here's <laughs> you a, have a chip in your brain. Like, you're Android now, son. I don't know how much I want a chip in my brain, but if you're telling me I could just learn like a million things at once. The idea is just to make. Like in the Matrix? Bro, that sounds bleh. Like, I mean, okay, like, I don't want to do it, but. To a computer and use its batteries. Nigga, you just look like a fucking. Yeah, yeah. A voice that has no body and shit. The voice of God and shit. God has spoken. You Netflix, we here now. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. but I mean, I'm not saying I want a chip in my brain, but it doesn't also sound like terrible because I'm kind of into like sci-fi shit like that. But like, yo, there's actually a Reddit forum where they're showing the the progress and prosthetic advancements and like the robot arms and shit that they have for people. Yeah, cybernetics. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's actually kind of cool. But yo, it's also a fucking trip. Like, I mean, I get myself a robo dick or some shit. You know what I mean? Hey, I mean, the fuck for hours nonstop. You never bust a nut. Nobody gets pregnant. That could be cool. I get like a self oxygen replicator in my body. A self oxygen replicator. This motherfucker's wild. So self oxygen. So you can just yeah. go underwater. You can go out of. Yeah, you can go out of atmosphere. Their own blood when it was fully oxidized, so that they get yeah, more pump. Yeah, yeah. So in this Same case, way. I'll be constantly adrenaline without adrenaline. I won't burn my heart out or anything. I'll just be like constantly like moving. Oh, hey, okay. yeah, yeah, say fucking word. That's yeah. yo. What's yeah, up? Intr yo, can you <laughs> introduce yourself uh, to everybody? Hey, Ducky, what's your name, Ducky? What's your name, okay. Ducky? You know that Ducky, so lighty. Yeah, well, I can. <laughs> you know, you see, yeah, my. What's up? What's up? Actually, you know, I'll just take the fucking earphones off and shit so then you can hear this motherfucker talk too. Mm. Right? Now he's just talking to me. Yeah. He hears my bullshit. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying this. So it's all cool. Yeah, we just wanted to know uh, what your name was so that we could know who we're talking to. Can you hear me? Or is it not working? King Legacy, King Legacy Tyrant, Say bunch what? of AKAs, but yeah. King of King Cali. Oh, damn, so let me get that charger, so my phone's about to die. Oh, yeah, yeah charger. Like, I got like 5% left in my phone, my dude. That's fair. I hope you can get the charger, because you're fucking entertaining, and your fucking stories are powerful, as much as the homeless fucking teachers. Oh, we got all these so soon, mama. Mama! <laughs> um, nah, you're, you're like... It's really like... To me, it's like an encouraging thing to just hear about like how much has been done, right? Like, all you hear about sometimes is just how nobody's done anything and this and that. And when you hear about like what's actually taking place, in in a sense, I find it easier to take pride. Kind of like what you said: if you don't know where you're from, you can't know where you're going. So if we don't know the history of the scene, how can we even build on the future? I don't know if you heard that. Did you hear? Yeah, did you hear? Like that. Yeah. 
makes you remember everything you've ever seen before whenever you want. Everything on, on call. It's like a file your whole brain. Son, we ain't talking about that shit anymore. We smoke too much weed. See, that's why you can't smoke weed with some people, son. Because then they make you think about some shit that make you sit down for like three days. Damn. Yeah. Did he just yeah, say that shit? And he don't want to smoke the weed. I didn't burn nothing. Mm. Yeah, to be fair, I would I do think about that all the time, and I think it chips me out. I don't know if I want to know everything. I want to be able to know a lot of things on demand, but with the power to also forget conveniently. You need to know certain things at certain times, but I don't need to know that shit forever. No, this is you're wonderful, man. <laughs> so what? What? Okay, so you're working with the youth center. They taught you all about how to do the stuff, and then how do you end up getting to the point of making a documentary? And tell us a bit about that. Now, O'Sullivan. Everybody, they say, um, we want you to make um, a, I believe they said you got to do a minute and a half of video where you edit and do something. Like either you could do a commercial or you could do um, whatever. You could do what the fuck you want. It was, it was, you're supposed to film some shit. And me being, they were supposed to do something that's five minutes long. It's true. And me being the arrogant asshole that I am, I was like, all you guys are doing that's five minutes long, I'm doing a documentary. <laughs> So I did. A, I already have a documentary called the Street Life Documentary. Say where? Um, I still got it somewhere. Yeah. Is it possible and to I get that? I started with my own bootleg camcorder. I got it somewhere, B. I got it somewhere in the, in the wraps. Maybe we we'll upload it. So we'll talk. We'll talk some. Okay. Nevertheless, it, it was me going around at our free stock comps or at Dawson or or talking to people in Montreal streets. Pardon me. And asking them what they thought about the street life. Well, there was three. There were three segments. There was the streets, there was the streets, there was the freestyles, and then there was the consequences of death or some shit. So we were walking around, talking to people, asking them, what do you think about Montreal street life? And people were saying, this is what da, 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 da. What do you think Montreal street life is compared to um, the street life in America? Or do you believe, do you believe people that say Montreal street are faking it? Da, da, da. So we had everybody's opinions, everybody's opinions and shit. And I had a whole fucking segment on, on on bad news and shit. Him just playing the harmonica. I believe I believe it was at. Um, where was where was it, son? It was at um. At um, Plastic Zara, some shit, for some festival, hip hop festival. Um, and then we had another segment with a whole bunch of people that actually most of them are dead now. Talk about what happens in the street. There were gangbangers. Blue and red, talk about why they didn't like each other, and then I had a segment about the freestyles. So that shit was fucking sick. The freestyle V was parts of uh, the battles they used to have at Dawson, battles we used to have in the streets, battles uh, they used to have everywhere. Some it has Magnum on it, it has Justice on it, it has um, I, I believe it has King Legacy on it. Um, it has Lo Pesci on it. It has fucking I believe it has Shogun on it. I believe it has. It has a whole bunch of people, like the best lines that they had in their freestyle. And that's before Smack DVD. Oh, is it before? It was before, oh, is it before or is it the same time? Same time, same time, same time. Okay, I'm not gonna take that. <laughs> so don't put, the, don't put that in the books. Don't put it in the books, okay? Take it out, buddy. Everybody has to sign a waiver. Sorry, sorry. Everybody has to sign a waiver. It is no longer in the books. It is not happening. No, okay. You were just in conundrum, and it was just something else that y'all did. Yes, exactly. No, exactly. but that's inc that's an incredible thing. Just the fact that it gained. It was, like, it was dope. It was dope, son. 
Like, the level of ambition, the fucking um, accomplishment of it, and and just like, just like the fact that you again just chose to do it to to not just talk some shit. Now nah, you can be like, nah, this is what people were fucking saying. And if anyone wants to know, how do you know? Boom, hard evidence, undeniable. You did the deed. Nobody else did the deed. So how do you like? Where do you release it? Or do you like put it on a DVD? Or like, is it like a school project? I just made a documentary. I had it. I had a whole bunch of fucking man ambitions. Like, I had a TV. I had a couple of TV show ideas back then. Oh, also, you also did a TV I a show. Documentary. Yeah, I had called it. Well, it's called Five Minutes of Fame and shit. And it was a mixture between hits of the streets. And, oh. Yeah, I don't know what hits of the streets were. Um, back in the days, um, BET had this dude called Hits, and he used to walk around the streets and ask people ra- random questions like, ah, fuck with you in the streets. With a mic and just put you on the spot and talk to you. And, uh, it was a funny show. It was that mixed with, um, I would say, maybe American Idol. So I would go up to people and say, ah, with a camera and say, what's good? Talking about, what would you be famous? What would you get five minutes of fame? And the guy would be like, oh, I don't know, I'm, I played a banjo. And the guy would pull a banjo out of nowhere. Like, oh, shit, where'd you get that banjo, son? That was impressive. Or, shorty be like, um, I don't know, breakdancing. So it's breakdancing. And the concept was, that was the beginning of the, um, the internet era. Not internet era, but people were able to call in and shit. So my point was, to put it on air and have people call in and vote for whoever they think should get the five minutes of fame. So I had the preliminary, I filmed the preliminaries, which means when I'm interviewing the people, I'm auditioning to actually go make it to the big stage. And the fact was that they were supposed to have a big stage with the lights and shit, like let's say on TV or some shit or a fucking CTV, when it would be like American Idol, the dude has a chance to fucking shine, five minutes of fame, whatever his talent is. I filmed some hobos. I filmed some bad bitches. Oh, I'm just sexy. I can do that piece. Shake that ass. <laughs> I'm dead up. Some bitches did that. I mean, some women just did that. Yeah, I ain't bitches. Yeah, beautiful women. I apologize. <sighs> that's retra- That's another retraction, son. Yo, Ken, you have the waiver, right? Okay. Got the waiver. Waiver. Sent it around. The waiver. Everyone signed it. Boom. Understood. Retracted. Got you. My lawyer. My lawyer's on point, son. I mean, I don't have a lawyer. As I said before, so we gotta find you that another liar. retraction, another retraction. <laughs> okay, keep it a move. Nevertheless, so I did those, and I did both of those projects when I was going to that film school because I had access to all those fucking equipment and shit. So I did the best out of what I had, and then um, I went to fucking Florida to do my uh, to Miami do my internship, thinking. I'm going to come, and I had an internship at HTN, the Haitian Television Network of America, and Ajax Entertainment, which was a, it was a, it was a network marketing, it was a beginning online marketing firm. So they have to send people emails and shit to tell them to go like something, uh, like something else or whatnot. So I came back to Montreal thinking that, yeah, they're going to open doors, everybody's going to hire me and shit. And niggas was like, nah, we ain't going to hire you, son. I mean, what the fuck you mean? I got great internships. Why in the fuck you need to work there? It's in Florida. Got my wife and kids here. I got my kids here. They're like, well, son, you got to do another internship. And at that time, I had two kids. I'm like, nigga. And I did like a six-month internship in Florida. I'm like, what the fuck you mean? I spent a lot of money in Florida, B. A lot of fucking money. I did wild shit, too, son. It was, it was, it was, it was good. But I needed money at that point. So 
<laughs> I had to get out of film. I had to get out of film. I started, started working fucking open a telemarketing company or some shit. Then I started managing um, a couple of MCs and shit. At the time, I was taking care of dialect. Chat game. Um, dude became a fucking superstar for a sec. Yeah, dude did it big. He did a lot of features with like all the motherfuckers we grew up listening to. He rapped with and shit. And I took care of him. And that was what I was talking about before self esteem and shit, drugs. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, had me not feeling myself, but I was still had self esteem for my peoples and whatnot. So I was pushing my people instead of putting myself. So I did that for a couple of years, and people kept on saying, "When are you coming out, son? B? I don't know she rapping on my son. I'll do a featuring, son. I'll do a featuring." But I ain't gonna front. I was I was loafing around back then, nigga. I had I had like three key verses, son. I read <laughs> hot verses, but those are my three key verses, nigga. And whenever the cipher going, I can't rap. Run those verses, son. I was slipping, son. You know what I mean? I wasn't believing in me, so I didn't have it. If you don't believe in yourself, you know what I think. And then um. And then, son slapped. I said, no, fuck it, B. I started thinking differently. So I believed myself again. And so I said, you know what, fuck it, it's my turn, son. They need to hear God rap. It changed my whole point of view on life. And things became better. It's fucked up. Because if, if you think differently, you're going to manifest what you think of. So if you're like the type of motherfucker that's always like, oh, my life is horrible. Like, if you're a Facebook person, that's what I'll call you, Facebooker. Um, and everything sucks and the world sucks. You know what, B? Life's gonna fucking suck, B. But if you say my life is great and I'm having a great time and I love what I'm doing, you're gonna have a great life. So that's what I learned in my time and shit, son. And after doing so, um, I said it was my turn to come back. I dropped the Odyssey album. At the same time, I was, it was supposed to be a double album because I was working on an album with my wife, too, called Mr. and Mrs. Love Letters, as I mentioned before. But then COVID happened and everything, so I didn't have a chance to drop that. So, and we added a couple more songs. But I started recording actually like five years ago. It's just still fucking fire, B. It's going to drop like in a couple months. That, I have some tropical vibes. I have um, two producers from Africa, son. One of from Malawi. The other one's from Sudan or some shit. And these dudes are fucking hot. 3Q Beats and Roy May Beats. Um, I have a couple of beats from Manspino. I have one beat from um, Keith Cartel. And I have a project I'm doing with um, Travis Bryan called Blood Brothers. I am my brother's keeper. Um, that's some straight fire beef. We try to go outside of the box a bit. We do a bit of hood shit. And we do a lot of, like, hype. Y'all be surprised, son. Y'all not like, who the fuck is this? Yo, yeah, I'm not going to be no we, surprise with after hearing him and everything he's doing. Nah, it's just like we going... We going elsewhere with it. We, as I said, I mean, I ain't going after the nigga next door. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to fucking take Jay Z's play to fucking Drake. Okay. Hey, aim high, B. Aim high, then you'll reach this fucking sky. If I want to battle a nigga, the fucking bum in the corner, right? If I want to battle a bum in the corner, then I'm gonna be the bum in the corner. That's simple. So aim high. So I'm going after these motherfuckers, and that's where we're going. The music we're bringing, bro. The quality is so fucking hype. And as I said, every soul got at me. And we did it. Grown and sexy shit. Son! Y'all motherfuckers is not ready, son. You are just not ready. Y'all about to be on a ride of your fucking lives. Y'all last from Montreal? Yes. That's from fucking Montreal. Support your fucking local artists. Because we're new Nephilim. We are here now, B. I mean, but it's also almost like... every single song <laughs> that hits them. But it's even more than that, right? Like, when we say support local arts, I think there's a degree of, like paying attention to what people are doing and 
you know, actually, like, you're going to inevitably go to shows and get to this point, and you're going to start doing events, and things are going to happen, and we should all make that effort to be there, be at these things as much as possible, because I'm going fucking live every day, so it's hard for me to get to shit. Life happens, though, fam. Like, people got jobs and shit. Yeah. People got kids and shit. But as, mu- but as much I mean? as we can, in any way. As much as we can, yes. Because, like, that's the thing, is I can admit that for a long time, I'm that hater that, like, you know, a lot of y'all don't like. And then I had to learn how to not be that hater and go and take this active Why interest. were you a hater? But why? Why you Why you got to be a bitch for, son? Why you got to be that way? Why you got to hurt people's feelings, son? You don't have the answer, Sway. You don't have the answer, Sway. Why? Why you did that, son? Why you made her cry, son? Why? why? You know You know she told her mama, son? <laughs> and her mama told her daddy. And her daddy coming for gun. Why you did that, son? <laughs> God damn it. Amazing. Shake my head, son. Shake my head. Yeah, well, nah, it's fair. But the answer is because I I didn't like myself and I didn't believe in myself proper, so I was being a hater and I was jealous. That's the facts of it. That that is the key to hatred. You hate others because you hate yourself. Past, not present. Past. I mean, no, not now, not now. You used to, yeah. That's what I'm saying. You gotta love. If you love yourself and you love others, and everything good's gonna happen. If you hate everything, you don't have a horrible life, son. There's some people that always call call you bad news and shit, son. Those motherfuckers, you don't answer the phone for. You were smiling before, and after you hang up the phone, you got a fucking bottle of pills in your hand and a gun trying to kill yourself. Nah, you need to stay away from bad vibes, B. Fact. Stay positive, B. I'm Think not. happy thoughts. Pretty colors, B. Pink. Think of pink. Bro, I got into pink. Turquoise. I, I got into that shit. I was just like, why do I not like pink? It's kind of dumb. And I'm like, you know Baby what? green. Girls like the pink. I should wear the pink. It's, it just it makes sense. Yeah, whatever, son. Whatever. Hey, hey, bitches. I mean, girls, girls. I didn't say that. Retraction again. Just girl, okay. ladies, yeah. Yeah. women. You know what? Girls are gonna love whatever you're wearing. Facts. If you love what you're wearing, if you that's life. People are gonna give you what you give them. If you walk in the room like I'm the fucking shit, you're gonna be the shit. I used to teach everybody EMP that me, Chad, fucking King. Dialect, all of us. I used to say, listen, we used to walk in all the shows and walk in and just say, look at the bouncer in the VIP room like like he's stupid. Yo, EMP, son. Oh, oh, shit. Oh, we weren't shit yet. We hadn't done a show yet. But we lied still and cheat. That's what one of my teachers said. You have to lie to get somebody else's face. So you have to lie to someone to get an opportunity. Right? So doing so, you're going to steal somebody else's place so therefore, you cheated them out of the future. Nevertheless, you have to lie still and cheat. So you act as if, and we were so arrogant and confident that they let us in everywhere, bro, everywhere for free, son. Just because we said EMP, and, and, and yeah, but that, that's that's where we're at, EMP. We're in comatose no more. Well, we were okay, yeah, we were part of the super group that was comatose before we were EMP. Yes, that is true. We so ta- we talked about we comatose. Were comatose. <laughs> But Dalek was an EMP fucking, um, fucking, what was his name again? Uh, Bliss Creek were in comatose. All the other people we had in this, they were in comatose. We just all walked in to EMP. And with the clout that people, oh shit, you act like you're somebody. You must be somebody. Oh, go ahead, sir. So that's true, girl. If you walk like you're the shit, even men, anyway, if you walk like you, if you're like you're the shit and you believe you're the shit, they're going to believe it too. That's true. That's simple. So if you love yourself, the girl's going to love you. 
That's true. You won't have to say shit. You just gotta love you. Just be bad in the corner, like pimping. Ooh, look at that bad motherfucker in the corner. Ooh, he's so sexy. Mm-hmm, show you right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Like these days, though, oh, the hilarious movie you could do right now. Just sit there and be like, I'm not trying. Oh, no, that's the thing. You can't try. If you try, it's done. Listen, back in the comatose days, me and Ken used to go out or the whole group. Oh, let's get girls. Let's get girls. And we used to run around. And we never got no bitches. I mean, no girls. I'm sorry. Why? Because we went out saying, let's get girls. That's, that's desperate, bro. If you run around like a desperate punk, you're not getting nothing. But everybody else got fucking disappointed. Like at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, we're going home. And me and Ken knew that's the golden hour. Everybody's mashing up. Everybody's trying to pop something else off. And we had some days we had minus 50 cents in our pockets, bro. But we did it. Every, I don't know how we did it, bro. Partied all night. Freaking leave like six bitches. I mean, six girls. And have the best sex of their lives. And get mashed up. And go well, this party, this party. And just how did it happen? God knows, bro. It's just we had enough. We just wanted to have fun. We didn't ask for it. We were just it. We didn't need a damn penny. You don't need money to be cool. You don't need money to be a bitch. You just need to believe yourself. That's coming to you, B. You have a certain energy about you. It's gonna be. A, it's gonna be um, addictive. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's game one on one. Now y'all owe me twenty five ninety five. You're gonna send me a screenshot of everybody that was tuned into this. Cause I'm charging you. Y'all need to send me your PayPal or some shit. <laughs> you don't get game with that for free, son. <laughs> I'm a suit. I'm a suit. Anybody got a lawyer I can use to sue them? <laughs> I'm serious, son. Can I use your lawyer to sue you, please? Because that's my idea. Fair enough. You don't go around and start pimping. You start pimping, there's not going to be no girl for nobody else, damn it. Nah, I'm all right. I got my girl over here. We good. <clears throat> I'm just fucking with you, son. Nah, this is I'm amazing. Serious. This is amazing. I'm going to be at your house later for $25, son. <laughs> 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 oh no, son! Nah, this, hey, this is, is kind uh, of fun, son. This is fun, son. That's why Some people end kicking. up not going short. They tend to go long because that's it. This is what the show is, yo. It's, that's what people want to see. Believe it or not. Yes. I the public. Yeah. We're the role models. You're right, my brother. You know, we have to show what they. You're right, my brother. Hey, my dudes. Remember in the beginning of the interview, I told you about the many personalities. And I believe you witnessed like two or three of them tonight. Yo, but that's the thing is that's the human, right? So how do you, ultimately, how do we get people to become invested in our art? It's to like show the people the humanity. Open books, son. Yeah. And I believe that even the conversation after, because your buddy's completely picked up on cam, almost like adds all the value he's hoping to add Mm -hmm, for this. All jokes aside. You know, we were talking some deep shit before the conversation. But, but hey, yeah. I'm trying to have fun, right? I'm trying to have fun. I'm almost trying to have fun. Like, life is too fucking short. Life is too short. What happened, son? <laughs> oh, you didn't mean to shoot. Oh, well, motherfucker. You did, goddammit. I will stab your ass when we're off camera. Okay. That's so amazing. Oh, another retraction. Cut. All the retractions Cut. are good. One, two, three, four. We're cutting. Hey. No, we good. We good. We good. Hey, I, I had like another fucking background idea and shit, son. And. I can't fucking see it. <laughs> anyway, son. It is what it is, son. 
All I can say is you handled this shit way better than others have handled it. Hey, B, this was this. That's fun, B. And thank you for having me, my dude. Nice. And um, I'm going to come back when I drop Love Letters or Blood Brothers, one or the other. For Love Letters, I'll come back with Shorty, the wifey. For Blood Brothers, I'll come back with Trap. That's going to be a wild show because this motherfucker likes to argue, son, about everything. I say the sky's blue. He's going to say, no, it's quite gray tonight. Okay, we're going to have a fight. So that'll be amazing. Uh, Stay <laughs> tuned for that one, motherfucker. Yeah, that's fucking dope. Um, but yeah, thank you for coming through. I appreciate you. All your links and stuff have been popping up in the chat. They're going to appear below in the description because, yo, it's just simpler than you just listing shit. So it's all done for you. Down in the description, people can go follow Carleon and fucking bump his music. Make sure to cop that Odyssey. And if you're seeing it in the future, then go find the other shit as it comes out because it's um, it's dope. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Telephone, telephone. And um, by the way, new Netflix, we here now. Once again, we do, I'm just going to say last time, Blood Brothers is coming out. I am my brother's keeper. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Love Letters is coming out. Um, Call Young Brown, Every Soul, Grown and Sexy coming out. King Legacy the Tyrant, a.k.a. Conga Tyrant coming out with a couple of things. And this motherfucker right there, like the voice of you. Pardon me? Yeah. We have the new Nephilim albums also dropping also. Mm. And yeah, we're we're doing we're doing some things, B. We're doing some things, so stay tuned. And next time I decide to get drunk during the day, I'll call y'all again. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Quick things, quick things on a business tip. Business tip. Um, if you would like to monetize your art or your music, any art form, whether you're a sculpture, whether you're a musician, whether you fucking make sculptures out of poo and take pictures of them. And it looks like Mark Simpson, doesn't it? Oh, it does. Oh, no, no. This one's Homer. Nevertheless, whatever you think art is, you can monetize it, which means you can mint it and make it become something, which means you could put it and make it an NFT. If uh, It's a non-fungible token. token, non-fungible token, which means you can make money online. It's kind of like Bitcoin, but your money is going to be, your, your music is become the money that people could trade. Let, 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 this fool, let, let this dude explain it. He's a professional compared to me. About the money part. How are you going to make money off this one? Then it becomes an NFT. The good thing is that once your art is registered, you can now use it as, as, as a token, as a coin. Uh, yeah. Okay, I got you. So long story short, you make a piece of art and then you get it minted. Minted means it. You, you certify or you register, you register online. To show that it's your original piece that you made, you created it. So once like that's copyright. done, like a copyright, like a copyright, pretty much. But it's called yeah. minting. So you, so you copy out your piece. Your stuff. And now since it's copyrighted digitally, you're actually able to use it as an asset. You can hear that shit. Too. So you can use it once you copyright it. Once you minted it, you can use it digitally, which makes it its own token, its own fund. So you can spread it like money. And yeah, the more people click on it, the more the bigger the fund becomes. This is a wave of the future, son. I mean, Waka Flocka was in town working on NFTs. Uh, we're working on this gallery that's um, downtown. Where does it be? Uh, Clark in Ontario. Clark in Ontario Called with a damned agency. Yeah. Damned agency. Bad Boys are doing NFTs. Um, Bad Boys are doing NFTs. Um, Rock Nation, the Rock Nation. A whole bunch of people do, fuck with NFTs. And this is the first NFT gallery in Montreal. This one's are open now, but this is the first one. Oh, this is the first NFT gallery in Canada. My bad. I'm lowballing them. 
My apologies, damn agency. Y'all doing your damn thing. And it's registered with the Conseil des Artistes de Quebec. So, so holla at your boys. Holla at Carleon Brown. C-A-R-L-E-O-N-E-B-R-O-W-N. Or New Nephilim. N-E-W-N-E-P-H-E-L-I-M. At, on Instagram or on Facebook. And um, get at me if you guys are interested in uh, being represented to mint your art. To make money off your art form. And it'll become whatever you think it is. If you think it should zoke someone else, well, people are making killings off of 8-bit art, B. Shit look like Mario Brothers. You know, like 1989 Mario Brothers? And they're making like thousands of dollars off of pictures like that, B. So, shit. Do a scribble and put the shit up. Anything, B. That's the future. I'm dead up, B. I'm not even fucking joking. I told my my daughter does graphic design. I'm like, baby, you gotta do it. So she started. My bad. Yeah, thank you, son. Yeah. Okay. okay. You know what happens if you drink, if you, if you if you drink and you take fucking Robaxes and shit, back makers, that shit makes you kind of twisted. Man. Secret to y'all. Calcium, magnesium. Life hack. Life hack. All right, my dude. Well. It was a Amen. pleasure. I appreciate you coming through again, Stills. Thank you for everyone who's no, watching. No, I appreciate you coming through to my house, though. Fair okay. enough. I appreciate you, you letting me come through. <laughs> but, yo, uh, I appreciate the audience for watching. Your special thanks to the patrons. This is Milky Dempsey, Chris Prado, Jonathan Brown, CJ Black, Eric, and Linda Williams. Scribble, dope support we do if you want to support. Patreon.com slash behind that suit. And then all the likes, subscribe, follows, all that good shit. It's going to be out everywhere. Make sure to follow Carly on Brown. Links in the description, all that good shit. Live long and fucking prosper, everybody. My dude, my dude's doing his thing, man. Support my dude, son. That's what's Respect, up. Respect, my dude. God bless you. God be with you. God be with all y'all. Remember, you are what you say you are. Facts. Okay, you can achieve anything you think you can. God be with you. Take care, man. You Netflix. We here now. Peace. Enjoy myself, bro. Thank you. Mm-hmm.